Today's episode of the Great Amherst Podcast with Andrew Cameron is brought to you by Deanne Fitzpatrick Studios. Their shop is closed right now, but you can still order online at hookingrugs.com. You can order all of your rug hooking supplies that you need for your projects, or this is the perfect time to order a beginning rug hooking kit for someone you know and care about. You can place all your orders at hookingrugs.com. And today's episode is brought to you by our Backyard Barbecue and Smokehouse, located in the Amherst Town Square Mall. Greg and his team are still open preparing barbecue orders for takeout only. Contact them by phone at 661-6146 or by Facebook to ask about their 15% discount for essential workers. Welcome to the Great Amherst Podcast with Andrew Cameron, episode number four. Today's guest is Natasha Perrin, the minister at Trinity St. Stephen's United Church in Amherst. I wanted Natasha to come on to talk about ways that people who are maintaining social distancing and aren't able to leave their houses right now are still able to maintain connections to their church communities, their faith, and their spirituality. And in our conversation today, we talked about how Trinity St. Stephen's United Church is still presenting their worship services online and on TV. We talked about the church's benevolent fund and ways people can access that if they're in a situation that they need help. We also talked about making Ukrainian Easter eggs and the Girl Guide movement in town. I really appreciate Natasha coming on and I hope you enjoy our conversation. And finally, today's episode is brought to you by all of our grocery store workers. We never quite realized how important and how essential and how much we rely on all of you to make sure that we have the food that we need when we need it so that our families can stay healthy and strong. So once again, thank you all very much and keep at it. And now on to the interview with Natasha Perrin. Welcome everybody uh, to our next episode of the Great Amherst Podcast with Andrew Cameron. Today we have Natasha Perrin on as our uh, as our guest and natasha is the minister at trinity st stephen's united church in amherst and as i said i heard somebody describe it once for me i'll say trinity st stephen's is the church that i don't attend regularly i grew up in the church and i don't attend much now but anytime i do go that's where i go and so i wanted to bring natasha on to talk about talk about sort of the church community and what different what they're doing and what options they're offering because it's I think there's a lot of people depend on the church for for their community uh for spiritual guidance you know whether it's gathering music sermons scripture and right now they can't physically attend these services and so how do you still meet those needs while social distancing thank you very much for coming on Natasha and yeah I think maybe we'll start at that point you know are you doing anything or what's what's trinity been doing for people or well thank you for having me here andrew appreciate that um we're doing a number of things uh a little differently but also sort of piggybacking on things that we had been doing previously obviously technology seems to be one of the big ways that we're coming together and uh still engaging as as a community and as a church 
we had been in the practice prior to this to yeah. video recording our worship services, uh, which have been going up on Eastlink uh, TV, right. community TV, as well as um, onto YouTube. And so it wasn't oh, okay. too difficult for us then to right. stick with that, uh, to transition on how we record those services, right. um, which are just happening one-on-one. Uh, Ron Bickle, um, who's a member of the congregation, he mm-hmm. comes in and he's recording uh, me offering the worship service. And then his son, Adam, splices in some music from previous worship services. and. Okay. <laughs> It comes together into this Perfect. really nice package. Yeah. Oh, nice. So you do like a full worship service this way? like or... It is, but it yeah. isn't. Obviously, right. it lacks a little something. Yeah. Uh, and I'm the only one participating right. <laughs> actively. Yeah. But um, they're half hour to 45 minutes. Yeah. So carry most of the components mm-hmm. of what is our traditional worship service. Okay. And how often are you doing those still once a week or doing more often or so we're continuing to do them uh once a week and they're okay. played a couple times on sunday on east link and of course they get posted each week to the youtube site oh nice i think i'll have to get a or find a link to the youtube channel and i can post it if i can figure out how to do it in either the show notes or on our website but uh, we'll get that out there as well great okay so that's a typical service is there any is there anything else that you, you've added on or anything else that you're doing? Well, we've um, we've always had a Facebook page as well, and we're okay. trying to keep up with content around that. Some of it's uh, drawing people's attention to some articles and information about the COVID-19 pandemic, of course, but some of it is also just about trying to offer a bit of a distraction (laughs) and maybe a a spiritual moment, uh, encourage people to ponder certain spiritual questions or to think about um, their faith in a different way. We also have previously had a really great group of visitors who used to go to the care homes and visit people in their homes who for one reason or another aren't able to make it out regularly to Mm -hmm. the worship services. Well, those people are being encouraged now to make phone calls. Okay. To, to be calling those people directly, because as we know, there's restrictions and, mm-hmm. and no one really is allowed to be visiting um, in the care homes or the hospital. I myself have restricted my hospital visits as right. well. Yeah. So it's not impossible for me to in, in a crisis sort of situation, but it's strongly discouraged for okay. obvious reasons. And more important in most cases where people have family, that their family are the priority, of course. Right, right. As visitors. <laughs> yes. But we are trying to continue to encourage that. Another cute thing that uh, my girls, I've got a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old. Oh, nice. Home. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so we've been coloring and doing lots of coloring and we've been dropping off little notes and things primarily just to folks that we know church members etc that live in a walkable distance from our home okay (laughs) that we can hand deliver those and i'm encouraging other people to do things like that as well and we're hoping that as maybe the need arises and people are needing help with um groceries or medication pickups and deliveries that people are helping their neighbor. Right. I think you see a little bit more of that happening. Like it's, Mm -hmm. I was talking to somebody once, it's kind of odd that we 
physically are becoming distant for safety and health reasons, but we're sort of, we are coming together in different ways mm -hmm. as possible. It's a, uh, it's kind of interesting to see or an interesting kind of change. You know, you mentioned a few ways you've been doing it, but have you thought of other ways that people can connect with either their church community or other communities or other people that they've, that they're involved in, I guess, while still maintaining social distancing? Well, uh, uh, for sure, there's been a lot more use of Zoom and uh, true, other true. online yeah, time, networking, yeah. video conferencing. Yes. Um, and I think that's important. We're lucky to have that technology that we can not just talk to each other, but yeah. see each other in many cases and feel like we're um, spending quality time together, yes. which I think is important. I'm also been impressed with the campaign uh, in large part through our Minnedosa Recreation Commission um, around the window paintings. Have you right. seen? Them? Yep. yep. <laughs> so there's different sort of motifs. We, we've done some hearts and some Easter themed stuff at home. And we enjoy going around our neighborhood and seeing who's put stuff up and what's changed for those right. people who are changing them every day or regularly. And um, that's fun for us as a family, but I think it's a great way for all of us to know that we're thinking of each other. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of a tough one. Like it's reminding us that we're, you know, may physically be alone, but we're still all in this together and we're still all have to work together to kind of get through this. I think we can't be afraid of people either. And mm. I say that with some caution, knowing that obviously we need to be social distancing, but when I go for a walk with my family, we're not afraid to say hi to someone. Yeah. We, we don't stop or, or get close to one another, but, but just to smile and, and offer a greeting to one another is important or see our neighbors out on their porches or in their driveways or heading off someplace. And we wave yeah. and stop and chat from across the street. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's interesting. I, I think I've noticed that like people don't, you're not quite sure how to act or what to do it sometimes when you're outside and you see somebody like if you pass, if you're out for a walk and you pass somebody on the street, like sometimes you feel like, do I, you know, do I just not make eye contact? Do I not, you know, it, it's tough. It is. And I think um, our natural inclination, especially for someone we know would be to move closer and have a yeah. more intimate conversation. And so this changes and maybe it's good that we're stopping for a second and thinking about, okay, how should I appropriately respond? Yeah. But I also think social isolation or self-isolation doesn't mean that we, we can't, we can't talk to anybody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there are ways of doing that in a way that is acceptable and friendly. So the other day I kind of felt like I was shouting at my neighbor across the street and <laughs> <laughs> But we weren't angry. It wasn't yelling. It was, yeah. we were certainly having to raise our voices a little bit to communicate, but it was still good to do that. Right. Yeah. So they were checking in with how things were going and mm. yeah. Yeah. I, I find for myself, I've gone out, I try to get out and go for a run or jog or do something. And I make it a point like, like well before I meet up with somebody is I kind of wave and say good morning or good afternoon or something and give them a smile and then carry on just to not break the ice because we're not stopping to talk, but just to carry on because I would do that normally. Mm -hmm. You know, now it's usually I'm out of breath and it's a <laughs> good morning <laughs> and that's it. And then I carry on. But 
I've noticed that too. I'm glad, you know, that, that I try that way. The other thing that I've said I've done for probably last week or whatever is just called people. I just pick up the phone and just call somebody and say, how's it going? A lot of people are kind of like, what, why are you calling me? Why, why did you call? And I just say, no reason. I was just calling to see, you know, which I guess would be similar to like the visitor program that you have set up at the church. The other thing that I wanted to ask, is there a way, like if somebody needs support or help or services from the church, is there a way or a best way for them to get in contact with somebody? So we're continuing to monitor our phone here at the okay. church and as well as our email. Mm-hmm. And so people in particular who are looking for benevolent funds. So we've, we've had the benevolent fund here for, Oh, decades. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a new thing, Yeah, but many people may not be aware of it. Right. Um, and, and may need it right now. Yeah. True. It, in the past, it's primarily been used to help cover um, rent, mm. uh, heating costs, heating oil, and electricity. Um, it can sometimes provide for other things like medications. Right. In most cases, we are paying directly to the person or the company that is right. <laughs> needing. Uh, so uh, it doesn't, the money doesn't normally go through the individual's hands. It goes directly to their landlord or to the pharmacy. Right. Okay. Or, yeah. But that is available and people can apply for funds and it, it requires just an email or a phone call giving us your information. And yeah. that gets sent off to one of our volunteers who will then make personal contact and uh, make arrangements. Okay. So, um, especially for um, people who are finding themselves in new circumstances of struggle that they've maybe never experienced before. This is an option for them. Um, We haven't seen a huge uptake in that program right now. I think maybe people are still waiting to see how things are panning out. And of course, as this continues on, I imagine more people face losing their jobs and the loss of income than so it's a good thing to keep in mind. We also are, are strong supporters here at the church of our food bank. Right, and yes. we continue to do that. We used to collect food okay. items, donations yeah. here in the church building. But like many buildings, our building is closed okay. um, to the public. And so uh, we're encouraging people to drop those off at the grocery stores, Walmart, um, they all have bins, collection bins, and or mm-hmm. they can be dropped off directly at the food bank. And the food bank is? Five King Street. Right. I couldn't remember if it was King or Princess. <laughs> five. Yeah. Okay. Five King Street. So it's one yes. of the side streets off of Church Street. It's, that's right. it's the one that's next to the, like between the new police station and. Yes. Yeah. Next to the new police station. Yeah. And between the police station and um, the maritime block, that that street, for people from town who don't know any street names like me. <laughs> yes, that's where it is. Okay. And it, it isn't, um, it doesn't have a big sign like a business might, right. but there is a sign in the window, a little sign that says um, Amherst Food Bank. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the Benevolent Fund, if somebody needed access to that, is there a special number to call or- contact the church office and so the church office yep okay. at 902-667-8483 perfect sounds good and we'll try to get that up either in show notes or on the website uh once i figure out how to do that um 
So that's perfect. That sounds like um, you know, the church is doing a lot to help people and sort of help the community. I do want to ask you in a second, just if you have other ways that either yourself or other people have suggested for managing stress and anxiety here, but I want to take just a quick second, um, just take a quick break to read just a very quick local ad. And so one of today's ads is basically for all of our local pharmacies. So in town, we have Lawton's, there's Pharmasave, Superstore, Walmart, Sobeys. Um, I think those are the big ones around town. Uh, and I know they're still open. Their hours may be adjusted, but they're still open and looking best to serve and look after everybody. One of the things we've told all of our tenants and told lots of people is remember that a lot of the pharmacies will deliver your prescriptions for you. So if you're not comfortable getting out or you're concerned or whatever, reach out to them. Uh, and see if they can deliver your prescription or your refill to you. And as well, like if you you can find a lot of these, either the phone number in the phone book, you can find them on Facebook, find them online, see what their hours have adjusted before you head out to find out they're closed or not open yet. That was the other thing I, I, I wanted to ask you about, Natasha. Is there, are you doing anything different to either, you know, manage stress or anxiety or just any of the feelings like this is such a unprecedented time. Like I think we say it, it's so, and it can be nerve wracking, you know? It's a really unique circumstance. My husband and I lay in bed at night before we go to sleep. And I just say like, <laughs> are we living in a sci-fi movie? Yeah. <laughs> Which we love sci-fi movies, but we yeah. didn't necessarily want to live it. <laughs> yes. Much better when you can watch them and then go, okay, we're good. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and uh, it feels um, otherworldly. It, it's hard to believe that yeah. this is happening. And uh, it's hard to understand or um, fathom uh, yeah. what this may mean, what the fallout may be, how many may die. Um, it is. It can be very stressful. Yeah. I used to, at the beginning of this, I was all into my CTV news and getting mm. my morning update and my evening update. Yeah. But, you know, this week, I think I've decided, I still like to know the numbers because I think it's important to kind of yeah. know what's happening in our country and around the world. But I'm not as obsessed in the sense that I feel I have to tune in every morning and every right. night. So I'm, I'm trying to let some of that go because I think we have to be careful about how much we live in this. So mm. It's important that we know what's happening. Yeah. It's important that we're protecting ourselves, that we're thinking of others, but we we can't. I mean, we cannot think about this or worry about this 24 hours a day. No. It just, it, it will overwhelm and um, certainly has the potential to create some serious mental health issues Yeah. Um, and or aggravate some that are already present. That's true. Yeah. I um. I'm a fan of meditation. We've done that at the church here, some group okay. guided meditation. And I encourage people to do that. It's a good thing too, as a family with the yeah. kids at home, sometimes we need a quiet break. Yes, true. Everybody, we're going to meditate for a bit. <laughs> this, and we do, you know, we will light a candle at home and we'll meditate um, either in silence or perhaps um, we will create a little bit of a story journey for ourselves. And so yeah. I often do that, but my daughter the other day decided, you know what? Okay. So she, she said, let's close our eyes and yeah. I'm going to, and she created this story picture for us. We were out in the ocean enjoying a coral reef and 
Perfect. And so this was what she offered us to ponder as we took some, some time. And then we also do pray. I'm always cautious when promoting prayer in an odd sort of way to remind people that obviously this isn't going to just magically go away No, because we pray, but our prayer is what gives us hope Mm -hmm. and strength. And it's also what uh, prepares us perhaps, um, for what we're going through and to process all that's happening. I find it to be a great stress reliever and anxiety thing to give up some of those worries to to God and say, you know, I can't carry this all alone. You got to help me. Yeah. And to trust that God is with us though. Again, I don't think there's a magical (laughs) ending to this. (laughs) No, no. But, um, that's a great thing. I, for us to going out and gain that physical activity every day is important. Um, we happen to enjoy walking outside. We have a dog that encourages okay. us to get yeah, outside. Yeah. The dog needs the encouragement. Yeah. yeah some days. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but that's good. And I think whether you're doing it at home or whether you're getting outside, I think it's very important to, to get some physical exercise. So maybe it's walking the stairs, yeah. um, up and down the stairs, you know, doing, getting the heart pumping a little, maybe it's, uh, running in the spot or, um, uh, following an online video mm. or like I say, just getting outside and walking. But I think doing those things is important. Um, lots of research and studies of course, tell us that being active with our bodies helps to get us out of our heads. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. And so I think that's an important thing. Uh, I also think, you know, reading is a great thing to do. We're somewhat limited depending on your technological use as to accessing books that you maybe don't already own or have in your home. But, um, but reading good quality information. So I can be a Facebook junkie. But I, I try think there to are a lot of us. <laughs> well, it's a lot of us now. are that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have time. You've you've access. It's on your phone. It's yeah. But all those good articles that people post that I used to skip over because I didn't have the time to read, I'm now taking the time to really read them, and not not all the dreary negative stuff. Right. Trying to be cautious about how much of that I take in. Yeah. But there's lots of good articles out there. Lots of great magazines and things that we can access online. I, our families, I was mentioned, we like to color. Yeah. So, so we, I have a lot of adult coloring books in addition to the kids coloring books. So we do a lot of that and we've been um, doing some egg Easter egg decorating as well. And so when we were living out West in Alberta and Manitoba, we picked up the art of Ukrainian or Pasenka egg decorating. Like do you do with the wax and mm -hmm. everything? Yeah. Yes. So this is not a simple, you know, 20 minute egg decorating. No. This is a very meditative, highly intense, (laughs) depending on how much you're a perfectionist. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And so we literally will sit for hours over our candles, doing our wax. Pouring the wax. And dyeing the various different colors. So they get dyed... um, on average, about four to six times before they're done, right? Yeah. Layering color upon color. So I think um, I did it once. I think I did, I made a Ukrainian Easter egg like that once and then said, yeah, I don't think this is for me. <laughs> Let somebody else. Actually, my, our daughter's five and a half and 
found an east like a dying kit like an easter egg mm -hmm. dying kit and she wanted to dye eggs and she's been doing it for days and and so we were telling well we got to blow the eggs out and we got to do it and i'll usually eat a number of eggs for breakfast <laughs> in the morning so for a couple of days i tried to like blow out the eggs in the morning like before i'd really eaten it's a lot of work had, oh it was a lot of work <laughs> <laughs> and I, my success rate was maybe half so I said, no, I can't do this. So I stopped doing that. And I said, we'll blow them out. Maybe the day before I'll blow out a couple, put them in a jar and then have them. So, well, let me give you a tip. Okay. This is my pro tip and, um, you don't blow them out. Okay. So we use whole raw eggs. Okay. And, um, we decorate them. And for young kids, I got to tell you, them wax Mark. crayons, mm. wax crayon on that. And that before you dye it and you can find, you're going to get your pretty designs. Ah. Um, even okay. with just regular egg dip dyes. Yep. Um, what we do then is we do store them often in the China cabinet in a very safe place. If, yep. if you want to keep them from year to year. And as long as you don't break that egg, it will eventually actually dry out. Okay. Um, because right. the shell is porous. Right. True, true, true. And so I've got a few eggs where if you shake it, you can hear the yolk jiggle around because all dried out. I <laughs> didn't know that. I think that's a much, much, I, I think the key is we're dealing with a, you know, a five-year-old and myself that I think the key is in that sentence, as long as you don't break the egg, that may well, be the issue I've got, but. For the young kids, hard boil, the reality is after Easter, they have to be composted, yeah, but. True. Um, but for the Easter season, hard boiled egg. I mean, even if you drop it, it might crack, but you're good. Yeah, it's still good. All right. I'll keep that in mind <laughs> for anybody out there looking to make, uh, <laughs> you do Ukrainian Easter eggs. Uh, I do want to circle back to something which you yes. talked about, which I do think is very important is, um, meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's, it can sound kind of for a lot of people who aren't familiar with it or don't know the benefits of it or don't hear it. I don't want to say it has a negative connotation, but it can be just like a, why would I do that? Or what would I, what? I think a lot yeah. of people imagine that uh, meditating is quite difficult because mm. they're thinking of, I guess, what is the classic type of meditation, which is to be in complete silence, yeah. completely still, yeah. and to empty your mind of all. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that unless you're a Buddhist monk in Tibet. And trained and have done it for a long time, yeah. And you do it for six hours a day or something yeah. ridiculous. Um, most of us can't achieve that, not easily. Yeah. I'm a big fan of guided meditations. And I'm just okay. playing with my phone because I have an amazing app. Yeah, that was going to be my question. If somebody wanted to start and hasn't done it, has no... Is there... I'm a big fan of the Insight timer okay. app and it has a ton of options where you can download guided meditations and you can choose by topic and okay. by length of time um and generally speaking um as for an adult mm -hmm. you're looking at 15 to 20 minutes to be effective form of relaxation yeah and i really like guided meditation where someone is um speaking and offering again those oral images the, the right. words that get us into our imagination and take us to a different place that encourage us to maybe ponder a bit about ourselves in the world 
but we're not being asked to, again, in complete silence or completely empty our head. Rather, we're distracting our mind with something else. Yeah. (laughs) And just focusing. We're, We're choosing to focus on one thing. And I think I've, I've heard other people talk about it and I've, like, I've, I've done a little bit with different meditation apps over a while. I mean, there's, there's a lot of big like headspace and calm and there's a number of different ones. You can also go to YouTube and do, Oh, there's tons of videos, guided yeah. meditations. And I think somebody was talking about it once it's, you're also, you're not aiming for perfection. If it takes you 15 minutes to get, you know, 30 seconds of calm in focus, you know, that's success like that. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it feels different. Um, time as we know, I mean, time is linear, but how we yeah. experience it varies. Yes. <laughs> and so, um, oftentimes people will say when we do it in a group at the church that they've had trouble getting into it or this or that, but other people will sometimes say, but, but I thought we were only meditating for like eight minutes. And I'm like, well, that was like 25. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> They're, so they're yeah. like, oh, well, maybe I was more into it than I thought I was. <laughs> um, because you do have a different experience of time and things do start to slow down. Even if other things um, like our to-do list has yeah. entered into our mind at some time during that. Yeah. So I, I think it's not a bad practice. Uh, sort of associated with meditation for some people too is the idea of catnaps. Okay. So I used to do this because you know, I had babies and stuff. <laughs> so I needed sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and had trouble getting it. So um, I would set a timer for 10 or 15 minutes. And that's the recommended time for sort of quote unquote cat nap. Yeah. Um, where you get some rest, but you're, you're not seeking to get into a really deep sleep, right? right. And again, same idea is that you're going to hit a stage of relaxation. And, um, you know, when you do stuff like that too, it's funny because people will say, oh, I didn't rest. And it's like, well, but you were snoring. So I'm pretty (laughs) sure you did rest. (laughs) Yeah, I think you know. I think I know. Yeah. (laughs) Because the brain doesn't completely turn off because, again, you're not reaching any deep depth of of rest. But but you are purposefully choosing to lay down and to close your eyes. And, and it's okay if the mind keeps working, um, in the midst of that. Yeah. The, uh, I think from some of the sort of meditation things that I've done, one of the things I took away from it was it was, it, the point is not to stop your mind from working, but it's to work on noticing the thoughts and being able to let them go and let them pass. And in uh, somewhat putting a break in between the thought and the action, or the thought and the feeling and like developing that space so that if something happens and you feel that you feel an emotion or you feel a feeling, you know, okay, that's not me. That will pass. I can take a couple breaths and this will pass and I will feel better or feel different in another moment. I think it's, and that may be something that's helpful for people now with this added stress, this added anxiety. Um, it's also a good opportunity to pay attention to our, our bodies, to acknowledge uh, the stress that we maybe are feeling in different parts of our right. bodies, uh, and even the things that maybe aren't okay. So it can be a great way to scan our bodies and say, you know, am I experiencing some pain? Why might that be? Yes. 
um, you know, or, or am I having a shortness of breath and why might that be? And yeah. how do I try and, um, if I'm hyperventilating from stress, how do I deepen that yes. breath and bring it longer and relax mm. it? So, and there is a lot of, uh, there's a lot of research to suggest that even just doing the deep breathing and bringing yeah. a good oxygen flow to your body is, uh, is important. Yeah. It's one of those things. I, I think it's also, people have been doing it for 3000 years, 4,000 years. You know, there's a reason that it's kept carrying on. Um, I do want to, I have one other thing I want to talk with you about, which was community. Um, I'd like to move on to that, but I'd like to take another break and just do, we have another sponsor that I wanted to talk about or promote, uh, before we carry on. And this one is just our, like our local exercise facilities, our gyms, our, uh, you know, the gyms, like the Y, it's closed down with the pool and the gym and the fitness center. Uh, Hatha ro Yoga Room is is closed down right now. Burbine's gym is closed down. Like these facilities, facilities physically are closed down and we can't get to them and they will be open soon. But I know Julie Ripley-Gould, who owns the Hatha ro Yoga Room, she's doing online yoga classes. Uh, you can find those links at her website, hathayogaroom.com. And I know the um, the Cumberland Y, I know Laura and Emily and Darcy. Um, I'm not sure if Jimmy's doing any of them, but I know they've been offering some of their group classes online as well uh, that you can find the Cumberland YMCA's Facebook page and they have links to those as well. And so this is another way for uh, if you want to stay connected to a community and keep exercising. These are different services that our local community and local people are offering. So Natasha, like I said, it's a broad topic, but I want to talk about community because I think it is, this is an important thing for us to talk about. This is, uh, I've said right from day one, like with coronavirus, we will get through this because that's what we do. We, we tackle these problems and we tackle these issues and we get through them and we can only get through them together and as a community and, and and it will have a big impact on our community i don't know exactly what questions i want to ask or what topics or anything like that but i want to talk about with it yet but i know for yourself you recently moved to amherst and so how long have you yeah how long have you lived in town now so it will be two years in july okay so we're okay. still pretty pretty new pretty new and then you moved from Manitoba. Yes. Okay. So pretty big move. Yes. <laughs> and so did you have like did you have choices on where you wanted to go or was it the position was open here and you chose to come this way? How did I guess how did you end up in Amherst? What was the So yeah, in the, in the United Church we can accept a call anywhere across the country and okay. so it is up to the ministry personnel and the church to to make that decision on their own. Uh there's not a higher up. Right. Um so I knew that um we wanted to move to the coast. Uh, mm -hmm. my husband's got family here and that was an important connection for us. Right. So we were looking for available churches that were looking for ministers okay. <laughs> and uh and Amherst came up and we were very intrigued by what this church has to offer and, and its engagement in the community. And, uh, and so we arrived. And so, and you, you said you have two daughters, 10 mm -hmm. and, and seven. seven. Yeah. Right. 
So I think one of the other things I, I think about a lot is like we have sort of the Amherst community, we have the Cumberland County community, but even in Amherst, there are a lot of other little communities that you end up, not end up, but you get involved with. Like Trinity St. Stephen's has a community. And I think it's one of those, I think with our children and our kids, we end up in communities that we wouldn't necessarily access or join on our own. So have there been other areas or ways like your kids have gotten involved in different things or what? Oh, for sure. So we're, um, we live close to Spring Street and the girls go to Spring Street Academy. Okay. So inevitably that's part of our community, the yeah. school. <laughs> yes. And I, for a long time, uh, had been involved with Girl Guides of Canada as well. And okay. so we moved here, it just happened that the Girl Guide meetings happen out of Trinity St. Stephen's. Right. And so I signed the girls up and I'm a guider for the Girl Guide unit, but my girls okay. are brownies and guides. And right. um, so we've been engaging in that. We're a smaller guiding community mm -hmm. than has been the case in the past but yeah. as a guider as well it's um i get the adult interaction not just yes. it's not just about the kids <laughs> yes true true yeah um <laughs> though that's important um yeah. but uh that's definitely part of our community is being able to be a part of girl guides um my girls also do highland dancing Okay. And they took that up in Manitoba. Sadly. Oh, really? There's no one. Yeah, really. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sadly, there's no, no one here in town that offers Highland Dance, but um, we go to Riverview. Mm -hmm. And so that's a part of our community too, are the other parents and dancers. And uh, that's been an important thing for us. Uh, my husband's a Mason and okay. we belong to things for better or for worse that are easily transferable <laughs> true true and so you know masons has been good for him to be able to move from community to community and make those um, connections fairly easily and quickly and so even when we were just here on a house hunting trip and visit yeah. eric stopped by the mason hall and met a few guys and <laughs> true i guess yeah so that's something we don't really good you don't really think about like for yourself, like as a minister, like you, like my grandfather was a minister and I know my mom and her siblings, like they moved to a lot of different communities mm -hmm. like over time. And it's kind of, you, you, end, you're not transient because I mean, when a minister comes to town, you, and you are such an important part of the community. Like you add a lot. And, and so it's interesting. Like you said, you think about like the Masons, the girl guides, different things like this is something you can kind of, join into the community and get part of the community right from the beginning. I may get some more of the info on the girl guides program because and maybe we'll post that up there as well. Like if somebody is interested, like her mm -hmm. in enrolling, well, their daughter in that program, that's a, and we'll get that and post that up on yeah, our website as well. Everything's done online now these days. Mm. And so it is, if you go to the National Girl Guides of Canada website, um, they can register for a local unit or as an adult, you can sign up to be a guider. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll definitely share some of that information on there. So um, I think that was the last topic I had that I really wanted to talk about. I, Natasha, I, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I think, you know, talking about ways to help people meet their spiritual needs when we're have to maintain distance, I think is important. 
And so um, just one last thing, if somebody again is looking for help or needs something or wants to contact the church or anything like that, what's the best way or best manner to do that? So it, it remains our church office phone number um, as well as probably our email. So the email, general email is yeah. office, O-F-F-I-C-E at tssuc.com. That's hosted through our, our website. Okay, perfect. And uh, my personal email is minister at tssuc.com. Excellent. And so that continues to be a good way for people. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Natasha, for coming on. Thank you I, for having me. You're welcome. And I hope you and your family stay safe and stay well, and, and we'll get through this shortly. So. It will come to an end. We don't know when, but it will all come to an end. <laughs> yes, that's, that's valid. That's very true. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Natasha, for coming on and sharing how ways that people can stay connected to their church, their faith, and their spirituality. This will be extremely important during this time for many, many members of our community. If you've enjoyed this show or any of the episodes, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to our newsletter at tgapod.ca, or like us on Facebook at The Great Amherst Podcast.